their way in a couple different areas uh, because they are the breadwinners in each respective sport. Yeah. But, you know, I think this Florida-South Carolina game, Jonathan, I think if you you look at the talent on the court, I think it's close to even. I think South Carolina is just a tad bit better. But you got to look at coaching right now. When you look at coaching in this game, who's the best coach, honestly, the most, most proven coach, the one that you'd want to make a run with? I think it, he resides in South Carolina. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, Coach Martin, going back to his days at Kansas State, I've always thought highly of him. Um, You know, I mean, he's a very animated personality, which makes him fun. Um, But, I mean, he's definitely the more proven coach, so I have to give him the edge. But Mike White's no slouch. I think he's done an excellent job uh, with with the University of Florida. I mean, you know, you can't be a a really, you know, a a poor coach for the loss to Wisconsin. Uh, and I know they won on a miraculous shot and all that, but, poor, you know, they were down double digits early in that game. Um, so I yep. honestly really do believe that Mike White is a good coach, too. I think um, as far as the SEC goes, they've got some good coaches that nobody really talks about because Calipari dominates the headlines. Uh, and, and I think that's what we're seeing today. Well, if you put the, if you put him up against, Calipari, I, I'd take him, wouldn't you? Martin, just to me, is a better in-game coach, I think, than Calipari. Calipari's good at recruiting, getting his players motivated, getting them focused. But you're talking about adjustments in a game, what you need. You know, Florida and South Carolina, these two coaches, they know how to do it. And to me, Calipari today, he's got a chance to to get that monkey off his back in a way. If they lose today to North Carolina, it's just the same old, same old. Calipari, you can't win a championship right now. We don't know what's wrong with you. But if he can win today and get in the Final Four and get to the championship or win another one, you got to look at maybe one of the best college coaches of all time. But it does take rings, you know, to do that. But you talk about some talent. Look at the NBA the other night. What's the kid's name? It just slipped my mind. It scored 70. He was at Kentucky a couple of years ago. I mean, Devin Booker. Uh, yeah, Booker. I'm sorry. I just it slipped my mind. But that's what kind of talent he's getting. The only problem is there is such a young age, you know, when he gets them. They're freshmen. And then all of a sudden, when they're supposed to be seniors in college, they're, they're going off in the NBA. So, I mean, he's getting talent. And this Kentucky team looks dangerous right now on defense. And how are you gonna how are you gonna stop the man going to the goal? I mean, there's nobody in the country can stop him. I mean, he's just unbelievable. I mean, if Kentucky loses to North Carolina today, I don't really blame Cal. I mean, you're facing an extremely talented opponent who's the one seed in year two. I mean, that says something where you know I would have flipped them personally uh-huh. in that bracket. I would have had Kentucky as the one. I think this is yeah. probably the the most. Um, the most even matchup out of any of the games we're going to get in this tournament. And they played arguably the greatest game of the season is Vegas uh, back in December. So I think we're going to get a great contest today. Um, but, you know, it's amazing with Kentucky um, as Florida missed the layup, South Carolina gets the rebound, they're foul, 31.2 yeah, less, South Carolina by five. This is yeah. huge. I'm loving this. Um, the, the thing about Kentucky that I've noticed is – during the regular season, their players are looking to pimp stats. They're working on, if you will, their offensive deficiencies. Once March comes, these guys turn up their defense, and it's at a whole nother level. They are playing great defensively. De'Aaron Fox is taking over 
Uh, and he took over against UCLA. He put in, what, 39 points, a, a record for uh, Kentucky and a freshman record for NCAA tournament game. I mean, you know, I, I think Kentucky is immensely talented. You know, Malik Monk has got to get involved today. He was kind of quiet against UCLA. He was non-existent in the first half. Um, so, you know, you got to get Malik Monk involved. Bam's got to eat inside. That's definitely an area where uh, North Carolina t- looks like they have an advantage is inside. Uh, but I, I think we're going to have a phenomenal game between those two blue bloods. And, and how much? And, and I'm glad we're doing the show. What time does that game start? 545 or something like that? Uh, I think it's, it's actually 505. Yeah, okay. But we'll be getting to, to watch some of it here, which is awesome. But, you know, I just think you get a different level of play when Carolina and Kentucky are looking across the court. They're looking across each other and they see that other blue blood name on their jersey. Like, how do you get a game 103 100 in Vegas? That kind of game. Well, these five star players, these McDonald All Americans, they step their game up even more. I mean, there's a Final Four trip on the line, but this is just pride right now. This is like, you know, UCLA and Kentucky the other night. Kentucky, you could tell they wanted that game more. They wanted it more. And tonight, the winner of this game is going to be who wants it more. Is it North Carolina or is it Kentucky? And I'll be honest, I think Kentucky does. I think Kentucky feels, uh, you know, violated a little bit and cheated that they got a number two seed and Carolina got a one. Kentucky got a better record, beat them head-to-head and won their own conference. And I think Kentucky's going to play with a chip on their shoulder today, Jonathan. I know you picked Carolina to win, but this is going to be a phenomenal game. Carolina's slightly favored, which I don't understand that either. But they're a good team. But I just think Kentucky, it's time for them to explode. They haven't exploded yet. And I think today they're going to have to. Today they're going to have to explode, and I'm looking for it. Well, I mean, we know why North Carolina got the one seed. They won the ACC in the regular season. Um they play and the you know they used to see the best basketball conference. You know, I mean, three SEC teams and they lead out. You can debate that all you want, but at the end of the day, the ACC top to bottom is a better conference. You know, just look at how many teams they got in compared to the SEC. And we all know why Kentucky didn't get um, the um, the one seed, and it was that four game stretch where you know they they went to overtime with Georgia and they lost to Tennessee. You know, that and that was just that was such an ugly stretch at the end of January. Uh, I think it was the end of January. Um, you know, and that, that cost them the one. You know, but at, at the end of the day. Hey, Jonathan, Jonathan, can you check your phone real quick and see if there's something, a connection or something to lose you? Just make okay. sure I don't want you to be lost. South Carolina is any- one. <laughs> Seven point lead with 11 seconds left. How does my sound? Does it sound okay? There we go. I just completely redid the headset. Did I sound better now? It's still a little choppy. Can you call back in real quick? Yeah, let me call back in. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're going to hang up on Jonathan Lamb, call right back in. We don't like static. We don't like for you not to hear us, so we'll always try to make that right. And sometimes block call radio is false, sometimes it's ours, but South Carolina just pulled it out. What a game. What a run for South Carolina. And we're talking about a South Carolina team that was, I believe, underdog to Marquette, one by 20. The next game, they turned around and beat Duke 88-81. They beat the, that was a two-seed. Then they turned around and beat a three-seed Baylor 70-50. to 50. 
And then they, here they are beating Florida, a team that they've already played twice this year. So, Jonathan, you look at wins and quality. You look at South Carolina, and, man, they've beaten some real good teams. Marquette's not bad. They beat Duke the two seed. Baylor, the three seed by 20. He totally flipped them out and shot up and down. And now to beat Florida like this, you have to be impressed with this run. I mean, this is phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, my whole thing, South Carolina to me has had a run. You know, they they beat Duke. Uh, they beat, uh, like you said, Baylor. Now they're going to beat Florida. I mean, they're going to beat the two, three, and four seed in their region to go play Gonzaga, um, who, you know, obviously a one seed, a top four team in the nation. Where, you know, Florida, they got, well, the East Tennessee State, not that impressive. They got Virginia. I think we all knew if they didn't get upset in the first round, they not like they were going to make it that far. Um, you know, and then they got Wisconsin instead of Villanova, who, I mean, and let's say Wisconsin's a sixth seed, right? So, you know, Florida did not play a team who, in all honesty, was better than them this whole run. And, and until, I mean, you look at it today, you know, you lost to South Carolina. Let's say South Carolina's a better team. South Carolina's a two out of three from you. You know, it, it was it what a run for South Carolina. I love it. It, it. This is this is what we all are here for is the madness of this. And we have a seven seed making it to the Final Four for the first time ever, going up against Gonzaga, who's in the Final Four for the first time ever. You got Oregon, who's in the Final Four for the first time since the inaugural NCAA tournament when they won it all. This is this is why we tune in. This is exactly why we tune in. I love this. This is phenomenal. This makes me think, too, like, and I know we're never happened, but just think if we did this to college football in some way, just some way. I know you couldn't get 30, 64 teams. That'd be kind of tough. But, uh, I mean, you could do uh, half of that, you know. You could do a 32-team. I mean, if you did something like that, Jonathan, just say – you get your blue bloods at college football, your conference champions, you take some mid-majors, you take some other – hell, you put some FCS teams in there if you want to. I guarantee you you'd see more of this, what you're seeing right now. This is – I mean, if, you, if this doesn't tear you up a little bit, seeing this South Carolina team, what all they accomplished. I mean, my gosh, Oregon. It's just water awesome. I mean, here's the final four. South Carolina, Gonzaga, Oregon <laughs> – they were waiting on North Carolina and Kentucky. We figured one of those would be there. But if you picked those other three, I doubt you did. Congratulations to you. You may have went chalk and, and took Gonzaga, but nobody picked Oregon for the most part in the Final Four, South Carolina, unless you're a South Carolina fan. Uh, it's just it's unbelievable. I don't think I've ever gone one time ever, Jonathan, where I didn't get a Final Four team in the Final Four, and it's in jeopardy right now. It's in jeopardy, Kentucky – Save me right now. Save me, please, because I'm about to go 0 for 4 in the Final Four and just lose my bracket. I mean, it's crazy. But the only reason I'm not being blown out is because other people didn't pick them either. <laughs> well, all right, so, so it's funny. I I looked at Oregon hard to come out of their region. Uh, but when they lost uh, Boucher, I I really had a hard time picking them because I, I didn't honestly I did not know that Jordan Bell was going to be this good you know and if, if I if I had known ahead of time Oregon is my final four pick I didn't really like Louisville you know you knew Kansas at some point they were going to face a team with bigs inside that was going to kill them 
because, you know, they were playing a four-guard set, and they didn't really have that good of a big man this year. Uh, you know, where compared to years past, at least. I mean, we're talking about a team that put out guys like Thomas Robinson, who dominated a whole tournament, uh, got, you know, Joel Embiid. You know, cause Kansas usually has that one big guy, and they didn't really have that this year. You know, o- Oregon, what a run. I, honestly, though, I think they are the best team out of that bracket. Um, they they deserve, yeah. uh, you know, the run that they're on. And they're going to get to play a blue blood. And, you know, we're only going to have one blue blood. I mean, you know, for Gonzaga, they finally made it. And that makes me so happy. It really does. I, I, I've always I've been somebody who's uh, supported Gonzaga. It's a team that, if you think about it, never really has been overseeded. People talk about Gonzaga choking all the time, and it doesn't really ha- it doesn't happen all the time. There was the one time they were the one seed they got taken down by what Wichita State, I think it was. Because Wichita State was in the Final Four that year. Did you really lose to a bad team? No. Just like the time Wichita State was the one seed, they lost to Kentucky. And everybody's like, oh, look how overrated they were. And Kentucky loses the national championship game. Oh, yeah, Wichita State was so overrated, they lost to the runner-up for the national title. You know, so, I mean, it's great to see Gonzaga there. People are going to say, well, their run wasn't that hard. They got a 16 seed. They got Northwestern. They got West Virginia. They got Xavier. Well, I mean, West Virginia is a, a really good team. But let's, let's not sleep on West Virginia. Uh, and then Xavier, I mean, that's a team that beat the three and the two in their side. I mean, whether or not Florida State was that good, as us as a beholder, I was completely disgusted with what I saw from them. But Arizona was a damn good team that Xavier beat. And, mm-hmm. and Xavier played great defense. Their offense clicked at the right time. You know, they had a guard that led them the way. It's because that team is just so balanced. They play great defense. You know, and it's not like they weren't tested. You would look at Gonzaga's non-conference uh, schedule, and you'd be like, whoa, okay, so they beat some teams. You know, they beat Arizona, and they beat Florida. It's not like, you know, they played a bunch of uh, school for the blind the whole year. Their conference isn't, isn't no slouch. I mean, St. Mary's and DYU are both quality teams. We saw with St. Mary's the fight they put up against Arizona. So I, I think this is going to be awesome. I can't wait to watch Gonzaga, South Carolina, uh, to think that we're going to get a team in the national championship game who's never won a title, nonetheless never been to a Final Four, is something that mm-hmm. I hope for every year. Yeah, if I'm favoring these teams right now, let's just favor. Like, if I'm looking at a favorite in the Final Four, let's pretend Kentucky or North Carolina is in there, I have to get a slight edge to Gonzaga right now because looking at their defense, too, they're deeper, Jonathan, than any other team. They're deeper. They have seniors. They have good guard play. I mean, they have what it takes to win a championship. So I think a one seed for the first time has slipped under the radar and has made a Final Four. And I think people, and even when I said nobody's picking it, that's a one seed that made the Final Four, and it's like a Cinderella almost. Isn't that weird? Uh, we're sitting here talking about Gonzaga in the Final Four, and they're a one seed. That shows you what people's mentality, you know, when they're picking Gonzaga. It's always a sleeper, always a Cinderella. No, they're really good now. And if you watch them play, which I went back and watched them play a couple of times before the tournament, watching during this tournament, they're the real deal. To beat Xavier like that, to beat Xavier that bad, I mean, that's 24 points in a game that meant that much. That's tough to do. That's very tough. And they dominated it. They didn't play around. And they beat a West Virginia team that I told you was a sleeper to make the Final Four, remember. That West Virginia team's good. And uh, they beat them. So they've had a tough road. And uh, I think they're going to be ready. But how does South Carolina handle this stage? 
Never been there before. I know Gonzaga has it, but they seem like they have the tools. Does South Carolina go in the tank and they play flat and play scared? Because it seems like once they make the Final Four, it's like it's over with. You like to celebrate, you know, you made the Final Four. That's your season almost. I think people celebrate almost making the Final Four than they do winning the championship. I mean, for a school that, you know, you haven't done this before, it's a huge accomplishment, but you have to be prepared and understand that there's another game. That's why having a week off is huge. It gives you a chance to celebrate uh, a little bit, and then, you know, you refocus and get back at it. I mean, you know, if you're South Carolina, I think you treat this uh, just like you did when you made it to the Sweet 16. You know, they hadn't made the Sweet 16 uh, since 79. They hadn't won a, a, a game in March since 79. You know, so it's, it's for them, it's always been we're breaking new ground. Every game they win, they're breaking new ground. You know, that, that this is definitely um, a team that every step of the way, it's been a new experience, and you're always wondering, well, you haven't been there before. How are you going to handle it? You know, now you know, people are like, well, Gonzaga's never been to the Final Four before. How are they going to handle it? So you're going to have the, the intrigue there. I think both teams are going to come prepared. You have two excellent coaches. And that's a big thing here. These aren't, you know, teams with young French coaches that really, you know, they don't really know what they're doing. I mean, Mark Pugh and Frank Martin have been around, and they know how to handle this. They know how to take care of business there. So I really do think that both teams are going to be prepared. It's going to be an excellent game. You're going to have two real defensive teams going at it. I think offensively Gonzaga has an edge. If uh, Karnowski gets in foul trouble, Gonzaga could get in trouble. I mean, you look back at their only loss of the year against BYU, Karnowski was in foul trouble the whole game. And BYU took advantage of that. You know, if you're South Carolina, you got to go inside on them just like you did today against Florida. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Florida, it was just foul after foul after foul after foul. It got to a point where you're like, oh, my goodness, do these guys know just to keep their hands back? Tie your hands behind your back, you know? Yeah, well, look look at the adjustment, too, that was made. Florida hit their first seven threes in the first half. They didn't hit a three in the second one, uh, in the second half. That's defensive adjustments. That's great coaching by Florida in the first half. So, you're going to see a great game next Saturday. That'll be the first game, won't it? That'll be the first game of the tournament. They're going to put that one because usually the team with the higher seed, like you have a seventh seed, in the final four, that will always be the first game, right? The prime time of game will be if you have a one seed versus a three, like Oregon, Kansas, or Oregon, Carolina, Oregon, Kentucky. That'll be the the nightcap one. Yeah, and I mean, also just from the whole point of what's going to drive the rating. And, you know, whereas Gonzaga, South Carolina, I think it's going to get great ratings because it is what March Madness is and what people are looking for in two teams that haven't been there. Uh, you know, Kentucky, North Carolina, whichever one makes it, they're, you know, they're, they're, that's just, they're going to be the, the baby. That's going to be the rating darling. And that, you know, you know that they're probably going to want one of those two in the national title game, which is fine. I mean, you know, I would rather stop selling a Zaga be the national championship just because I like to see somebody new every year that my team's not in it. <laughs> just to be honest, that's the selfish part in me. Um, but, you know, I, I think that we're going to, uh, we're we're gonna have a great great Saturday coming up be, between your know, Oregon playing whoever. Um, you know, is it gonna be the North Carolina team that's a little more polished and you know they were there lost the championship game of a heartbreaker last year? Or is it gonna be this young fresh Kentucky team, this one and done squad? I think Kentucky's got something to prove, man. I don't think Roy Williams is that great of a coach. I just think. 
this spotlight, this stage is going to be a little too big for Carolina. You started, you started seeing it in the tournament. I know they've looked good at times, but I've started, I started seeing those big eyes. They should have lost to Arkansas. Arkansas had them until the rest just totally cheated them there in the end. Arkansas helped their cause by not making shots, but the referees totally hosed them. And then they played Butler, which is really not a good team. Honestly, I watched them not that great. And now here they are playing Kentucky. So, really, who is North Carolina beating? Texas Southern, Arkansas, which they've screwed, by the way, Butler. And now here they are. I mean, this is their first game, really. This is their first. If you think Kentucky was tough, just wait till what you see now. I think Kentucky blows up today. I think they finally let go and kind of lose the three-point goes off today. You have to shoot threes and be able to do it. I think they do it. They've been kind of holding back, it seems like, playing a little tight until that UCLA game. They started loosening up a little bit. I think tonight's the night, Jonathan. I may be wrong, but I'm looking at Kentucky winning this game double digit. If North Carolina can get Bam in foul trouble, they will win this game. But they're going to have to go after Bam. Kennedy Meeks is going to have to have a big game. Um, And then don't let Monk sit on that elbow and shoot threes all night. We learned from the Vegas game that that's a terrible idea. Don't do that. So I think they're going to make Monk move around uh, and try and neutralize him. De'Aaron Fox ends the big game. Bam's going to have to have a good game. He's going to have to clean up the board. He's going to have to block some shots. He's going to have to stay out of foul trouble. If he gets in foul trouble, I, I tell you what, I don't know if Kentucky can take it. It's going to be a great game. I'm, I'm excited to see it. You know, this isn't the whole look at the Cinderella thing. Now, this is this is a great game. This is a Final Four game in all reality. Uh, and yeah, that's the tough part. If you're Kentucky, you go through Wichita, you go through UCLA, you go through North Carolina, and then you get to play Oregon. And if you get through Oregon, then you're going to get Gonzaga or, or, or South Carolina. And let's just say for intents and purposes, you get Gonzaga. I mean, you had to have beaten, theoretically, you know, if you look at Kempom's ratings, what was it? Five of the top 15 teams. I know we had Wichita in the top 10. You know, I mean, it's 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 insane the run Kentucky will have to go through to to make it all the way here. And they've had a tough road. Um, I, I I'm gonna go ahead and say North Carolina wins today. I like the whole upset factor of it. Uh, it's my reasoning behind Kentucky beating UCLA. Uh, I I just I just think North Carolina has enough to pull one out. But I think this is gonna be a phenomenal game either way. I think you're going to get the best of both teams today, and it's going to be you're going to see that four minutes left in the second half, and it's going to it's going to come down to who makes free throws, who executes in that four minutes. Isn't it weird how that four minutes about every game for the most part you have to execute and hit free throws? If you don't, you're not going to win. But this could be the best matchup of the tournament remaining. So you've got a one-two, you could get a, a one-three or a two-three. When you could get a championship game of a one and a three versus a seven. So, I mean, I think this is probably could be your national championship right here. But I'm not trying to discount Oregon or anything because Oregon could beat any one of these teams right here, anybody. They look good. And so could South Carolina, so could Gonzaga. That's a beautiful thing about college basketball, man. That's why we love it, right? Because in any day, a team can get hot and they can win. And it's just – it's amazing to see South Carolina in the Final Four. I bet nobody in the world would have predicted that. I mean, unless you're a South Carolina fan, like you are a Florida State and I'm an Auburn fan, who wouldn't have yeah. predicted that? 
You know, you just yeah, can't. I, I mean, you know, I looked at some of the brackets on ESPN just to see how people's runs were going. And, you know, you had guys who took Gonzaga and you had a couple guys take Oregon. You know, but it's like, oh, hey, look, this guy in South Carolina wedding the whole thing. I wonder who he roots for. <laughs> you know, uh, or, you know, you had some, you know, I was looking at, uh, you know, I know most people don't care about this, but I was looking at the women's bracket because, you know, Florida State's in the Elite Eight, so, you know, I support all, all, all sports uh, at Florida State. And uh, the top bracket had Oregon winning it all. And I'm like, wait, what? Oregon's a 10 seed. They got to beat UConn. To, to even get to the Final Four, I'm like, oh, wait, you're an Oregon fan. You know, I, I mean, of course you had it, you know? Yeah, nobody's beating UConn. That's, and that's another thing people don't talk about. What a great – I think that gets overlooked because of being a women's sport. But <laughs> you talk about a dynasty. I mean, it's, it's been a long, long time since Connecticut had been to the Elite Eight. What's it been like? 20 years or something like that, 15 years. I can't remember exactly, but it's been a long time. I mean, you think about that, for that many years in a row, you've been to at least the Elite Eight. And that's when the years when Tennessee was real good, Baylor and teams like that were very good, Notre Dame. So it's not like they just walked through it. There's some pretty good women's basketball teams, but to consistently be at that level to play for a 5-4 every year, that's remarkable. What do they want, 100-plus games? What is it, 120 games? I think they're at 112 right now. Um, I mean, wow. you know, we, we talk about it being a dynasty, but you look at, like, the three longest winning streaks in, in college basketball history, and they have them. And I want to say two of them are over 100. So it gets to the point where I'm like, is it a dynasty or is it just one-sided? Because you know, there's not a lot of parity, unfortunately, in women's basketball. Um, and I think that's what takes away from it is the fact that UConn, their non-conference schedule, they play, like, everybody in the top 25, and they're dusting them left and right. Beating them, they'll beat the number four team by 30 points, and you're like, well, I mean, you know, is, is this even fun? Uh, you know, and that's just the unfortunate reality. You know, Oregon, I mean, UConn, it's what UConn is, you know, I remember last year the national championship game, I, I'm sitting there, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, the game's about to start, and I'm like, you know what? They're laying, like, let's say 17 points. They're going to win by 20 plus. And, and, and you know, I got everybody like, what? And that's championship game. They're going to win by, like, 25, 28 points. Lo and behold, they win by, like, 29 points. And, and it's just, like, it's sad. You got national championship games where the line is, like, 17 points. You want to tell me that, you know, this is a competitive sport? Nah. You know, it, it's it's like for the longest time the U.S. sent the men's team to the Olympics. And you, you go, okay, well, we're going to beat everybody by, like, 40. You're going to beat everybody. And, and at a point, it started to turn around. And, you know, the 2002 with Greece where we need a medal, obviously, you know, things went south. But you're just like, it's not even a competition most of the time. We're sending the best players to the planet. you know why it turned around, don't you? Yeah, you know why it and, turned around? Because we quit sending the best players on the planet for a while, like, college players and stuff, and not the best. Right. Remember that dream team? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, the, the dream team, they had dream team 2.0, which was, you know, what? Uh, not the last one, but like 2012. Uh, you know, it, it just seems like, you know, when we – I mean, I would be okay with uh, the U.S. 
sending 15 different guys every time. I really would. I would be perfectly content with them sending 15 different players every time. I think we'd still win the gold every time. But if you think about it, then players are picking and choosing when they're going. You know, I mean, you know, LeBron only gets to go once. So when does LeBron decide he wants to go? You know, I, I think we could, honestly, in the U.S. Men's Olympic, we could send 15 different guys every time and still medal uh, with the gold every time. I just saw a post from a Bama fan. It says, good job, Cox. Bama's still 2-0 against you this year. Really? A Bama fan in basketball running in his mouth in South Carolina. Let them have uh, their day, man. Let them have, let them have their did day. Did anybody even make the NIT? Yeah, they got beat the first round by, oh, by okay. some shitty school. Yeah, good, good, good yeah, job, South There you go. One, one sport wonder over there, eh? Yeah, <laughs> at least Auburn's good at, at baseball now, softball, pretty decent in football, getting there in basketball. But Bama, that's all they have is football. That's all they care about. Yeah, you know, Florida what State. About this, what do you think about the out about ex-Penn ex State president over there convicted over a child sex scandal? What are your thoughts of that? The guy should go to prison. I mean, I looked the whole thing, and a couple guys slept on him. Um and, and and here here's my thing. So people killed Joe Pa over this, right? I mean, literally put the guy in his grave over this. And we're seeing now where it was a chain of command, where Mike McCleary saw what was going on and told Joe Pa, and Joe Pa's response was to tell the guy above him, and the guy above him told the guy above him, and the guy above him told the guy above him, and now the you know the top guy is going to jail over it because. Nobody necessarily took accountability for it. Everybody was like, we're just going to pass it on to our boss. Our boss will handle this. Uh, and, you know, there, there comes a point in time where there needs, obviously needs to be investigation and, and guys, uh, you know, who kind of their job to handle this, you know, they were the ones who needed to take care of it. And, you know, for people to say it was all Joe Powell, it's like, well, Sandusky wasn't even a coach then on the staff. So, you know, he took it to people that could actually do something about it. I know everybody should call the cops. I get that. Um, I just I just look at it and I'm like, there are so many guilty parties here. I don't know why Joe Paul's the one who got dragged through the mud so bad. And now we actually have guys going to jail for it. And I, I, I'm content with that. I really am. Yeah, they need to, they need to get shower, prison shower rate now, this guy does. He's just, uh, to show no emotion over a verdict. I mean, just to do that shows that you're guilty as hell, just so you know. Uh, you can watch people's body language or facial expressions. The guy's guilty. He's a pedophile. He's a sex offender. He was in on it, too. I mean, that's the truth. I mean, you're just as guilty as the guy in the shower, Sandusky. It's just amazing to see people defend these pieces of crap just because Penn State's winning some football games. My God. This is sick, and I had to throw that out there because we spent a lot of time on this subject in the past. The Kentucky-North Carolina, seven minutes and 40 seconds away. Did you hear the news that Brandon Harris is transferring from LSU to North Carolina? The ACC is going to be a lot easier for him? Really? Um, I mean, it, it's a good move for Harris because he's going to start right away. I don't know if North Carolina necessarily had a guy ready to go after Trubisky and to be frank, I don't think they thought Trubisky was going to leave right away. Um, 
I, I think it's a good move for Harris. It's a good move for North Carolina. It gives you a veteran quarterback. Uh, but it's kind of like Everett Golson when he went to Florida State and when you're like, what's this guy actually do? Like, really, what does he really what, – what does he actually do? It's not like this guy is going to go to the pros. Uh, you know, and he's not – he's nowhere close to prototype size. He's never been considered a threat as a passer. And he, it's not like he has great legs. You know, he's not the, one of these, you know, scramble, scramble, run around quarterbacks where you're like, oh, watch out for the read option. Um, so I, I think it, it's a move where North Carolina, they said, you know what, why not? We can give our, you know, the young kid um, a little more time to learn without throwing him to the fire. Maybe we go 6-6 six and six and go to a bowl game this year. Uh, and if you're Brandon Harris, I get to play, and I'm still playing at a Power 5 school. You know, so he's still going to have eyeballs on him, the ACC uh, you know, the conference quarterbacks last year, you know, uh, I think for 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 Harris and for North Carolina, it's probably a good deal, you know, because so many teams are turning over new quarterbacks this year that you have a chance to maybe you could even win the division. Yeah, we'll see. We will see on that. But uh, I think Jason's on. I saw his number pop up. I believe it is. He's one of them in there. I'm sure he's happy as Oregon Ducks finally won something. Or are they haven't won anything yet, have they? <laughs> oh, Jason. Wait, I thought Jason said he rooted for somebody else in basketball a while ago. Am I wrong? I think he did. I think he he roots for Arizona, I believe. Oh, UCLA, yeah. one of the two. Oh, I don't know, but Oregon but Oregon is not a basketball Kentucky. school. Yeah, I love Kentucky basketball. I mean, that's a team that never threatens us football-wise. My team's never good. If Auburn was in there, I'd sure be rooting for them. But, man, you got to find somebody to root for in basketball if you're an Auburn fan, and you'd never be able to watch the tournament. Yeah, that's kind of like how I, you know, there, there are certain teams that I'll – I'll pull for basketball just, just as long as Florida State's not in, and it's really only March time. You know, like I, I, you know, I have a lot, I have a lot of family as North Carolina fans or Illini fans. So you know, those are teams that I, you know, I always want to do well as long as it doesn't affect Florida State on the tournament. Um, you know, Gonzaga is a team where I mean, I have, I have letters and I actually have a DVD from them for that they sent me when I was in high school as part of the recruiting pitch. Um, so, you know, Gonzaga's a team that, you know, I've, I've had a soft spot for for a while, especially since, you know, everybody always asks where even is Gonzaga. And it's, I feel like I'm one of the few non-Gonzaga people who actually know where Gonzaga is. So it's a little bit of pride at this point. It's probably in Washington, isn't it? Yeah, it is Spokane, Washington. They're literally exactly. right on the border with, uh, oh, boy, I think it's Idaho. Okay, well, here's Jason on the line. Jason, I mean, Oregon, did you did you think they were going to make the Final Four? Yeah, I, I had a good shot down the line when Kansas um, got it with them six. I was kind of nervous, but um, it's good feeling. Final Four is good, but I don't think these players have done it yet. Well, so you think they could beat Kentucky? I think they have a good shot. I I'd rather see North Carolina than the Kentucky because Kentucky has a big guy down low, and I don't think Bell could um, really handle him, to be honest. 
So, so who is your college basketball team? Who do you usually pull for? Oregon. Oregon. No, come on now. Oregon. Oregon. I, I, I pull for Auburn, too, but they never make the tournament. So, so who do you pull for <laughs> besides Oregon? Besides Oregon? Hmm. I would have said LSU because oh. my fiance is an LSU fan, but outside of that, Oregon's my one to school. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations on the Ducks getting in. I mean, they they look real good. I mean, it's all yeah, it takes. Over the, you, over the, you, you beat the you, you beat the best team in the in the tournament. You beat them pretty good. You dominated them. Played good yeah. defense. And now you just got to wait and see who you play. You know, I, I wish they would reseed these things once the yeah once the final four is set. But they they're not going to do it. Yeah, I I think, but I will say this: whoever wins Oregon versus Kentucky and North Carolina, I think whoever wins that game wins the national title. To be honest, well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna pick it early. I'm gonna say I think Gonzaga wins the championship, but that's just early right now. I just have to see. Yeah. If I was a betting man right now and I had to pick somebody, I'd pick them because their road's a little easier than those teams you talked about too. So. Oregon has to yeah. play Kentucky or North Carolina. They give up a lot of energy. Um, they're going to have to play right again. So, Jason, thanks, buddy, for coming on. Jonathan, I'm going to put Gonzaga as the favorite right now to win it. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw an interesting stat before the tournament started that piqued my interest, um, and it was that um, no team since Syracuse with Carmelo had won a national title uh, without a top 40 defense and a NBA guard prospect. Um, and that narrows it down to Kentucky, Gonzaga, uh, Oregon, South Carolina. Oddly enough, all four were in that list. The list was about, I think, 16, 20 teams. Um, and, and after watching everybody, I think Gonzaga's better than South Carolina. I'm going to give them the edge. Uh I think Gonzaga's the best team. Anyway, I think Gonzaga's the best team right now. I, I'm going to give them the edge. I'm going to say Gonzaga wins it all. I just really, really, really like what I see out of them. I expect a really good crowd presence for them in Glendale. Now, that's one of the big things is that they should have a somewhat of a crowd advantage against South Carolina. Um, and if they play Kentucky-North Carolina, you know, it would probably be a little, a little favor towards one of the Blue Bloods just because they have fans everywhere. But if they get Oregon – and that'd be a great 50-50 crowd, you know. And this is the first time in I don't know how long, maybe ever, that we have two West Coast teams both in the Final Four. And that, that's just something that, you know, when you look at the map of where all the schools are in Division One, you see how heavy it is uh, east of the Mississippi. It's really cool to see. Uh, I think Gonzaga's the best team in the tournament remaining. I'm going to take them to win the national championship. And uh, I just – and you know what? a quote-unquote mid-major, I don't think I'm back as a mid-major anymore, but a quote-unquote mid-major winning it all, that would just be really, really awesome. Yeah, they're not a mid-major in my opinion anymore. They're they're a real established program, and they they win every year. So they do the – they play tough, and I know people talk about their strength of schedule, but here's the starting lineups, Fox, Monk, Briscoe, Willis, and – at a bio, and then we got for Carolina Barry, Penson, Jackson, Hicks, and Meeks. So you've got two seniors and three juniors for Carolina, and you've got 
sorry, it just went off. I couldn't. I think there's three freshmen, three freshmen, a sophomore, and a senior uh, for Kentucky. So, how much of an impact is that today? Well, I mean, you're talking about everybody in the starting lineup for North Carolina played in the in the championship game last year. That gives them a huge advantage. Just is one of those things where they look at it as another stepping stone. We have a mission. Um, you know, we we've got to make up for what happened last year. Whereas for Kentucky, mm-hmm. a lot of young guys they've never been here before. It's a whole new thing. How are they going to handle it? Um, I you know it's not. I mean you know I think Derek Willis is good, but he's not the best player out of that starting five. Your three best players are freshmen. Uh, you can be prone to uh, those freshman mistakes. Well, it just started. Both teams missed a shot, and so Carolina just ducked it to two zero. Lead. Uh, it's just Kentucky's going to have to make sure they play good transition defense against Carolina because, I mean, they could blow Kentucky out if they just get on one run. So you have to be careful when you're playing teams of this kind of caliber, and it can anything can happen. But this is six Elite Eight appearance in eight seasons for Calipari or Kentucky in general. So how long has Cal been there? Um, boy, Cal's been there what eight nine years now. Uh, I know this is his sixth yeah. appearance. Uh, you know, and it, it's funny. So we talk about Calipari, and we talk about Roy Williams. I mean, this is Roy's eighth Elite Eight. Uh, you know, we talk. You know, maybe they're. You know, how good coaches are they? Are they? And you're like, well, not for nothing, but they always seem to be at the end. So I, I you know, I, I think that tells you how good of a coach they 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 are, and the fact that they're consistently always there. Now, obviously, Calipari may not be the best X's and O's guy. Roy, his lack of timeout usage drives people insane. Um, but, I mean, these these guys are clearly two of the better coaches uh, in college basketball. Yeah. Well, the officials already started screwing Kentucky and a minute into it, give a guy three free throws, and the guy hit, wasn't even shooting to start with, and he, he hit the ball, not his hand. So the, the hand is a part of the ball, just so people know. Uh, I'm just on top of it. But, yeah, the officials, they're, they're going to make sure Carolina, Carolina wins this game. They'll try their best. These reps have been horrible all tournament. I mean, they, they uh, there have been more games where teams are both in the double bonus uh, with, like, five minutes left in the second half than I think I've seen all season. Our college basketball has got to find a way to clean up the, the, the number of foul calls. You know, but, I mean, this is a complaint that, you know, it's been around since they changed the rules to – Try and make the games a little higher scoring, um, and, and it you know refs call foul after foul after foul and more ticky tacky. Um, so I think I, I think it's just something at the end of the day we're going to kind of have to live with. It's kind of like all the pass interference calls we get in football. They're like, well, you know, I I don't know about that, but they're going to call another. They're going to call like 17 more today. So what are you going to do? Yeah, and then they miss Briscoe misses two free throws. And uh, so they didn't score right there. Come on, guys. Kentucky's just going to have to settle down. There's probably a lot of nerves early on, in this, especially if you're a freshman, you know. Especially if you're oh, a yeah, freshman I'm... going into your first Elite Eight. That makes a big difference. That's why juniors and seniors, it matters. Like you said, the experience Carolina had playing in that championship game last year, they have some experience. This is most of Kentucky's players. They don't have that. That was a foul from hell, and they didn't even call it, man. My God! Did you see that? I thought it was, I thought it was a clean block, to be honest. 
Well, so was Kentucky the minute ago, but you saw them shooting three free throws. That's the thing about these zebras, man. They screwed Arkansas the other day. That that was probably the worst of the whole tournament. As much as that, and I could tell it happening. Officials just come in, the guy charges, knocks the guy back into the crowd, and then continues to shoot and make the shot. It's got to be something. It's either a block or it's a charge. It can't be nothing. Oh, it's just convenient. Well, the ref blew a whistle right there, Jonathan. Kentucky was about to fast break for a dunk. They'll blow the whistle then when they know a, a fast break's about to happen. But they won't call it when they're going to the goal. I mean, the Florida-Wisconsin game, there were more soft fouls than I have probably seen in any game this tournament, to be honest. I know, you know, it, it definitely came off as one-sided with North Carolina and uh, Arkansas. But there were so many soft fouls between uh, the Wisconsin-Florida game that at that point it was both teams are complaining about the refs, and if both teams are complaining about the refs, then I think it's pretty equal that they're just crap all the way around, you know? And, you know, De'Aaron Fox keeping it up from that UCLA game. He's already got, what, the first five points, you know, and look for him to try and have a big game. Look at this three-point play they just called right here. It didn't even touch a guy. I mean, it didn't even affect anything, and they blow the whistle on bullshit like that. But they don't well, blow it when it needs to count. He touched his arm. Foul. He touched his arm. I mean, there's a foul, but it's not continuation. And, and see, that, that that's something that, that there's no consistency, and it's a continuation. If you're going to call that foul, you, there, it's an inbound. It's it's not a continuation play. Uh, but, you know, like, like we said, the, the refs are just – they're terrible all the way around. Kentucky's going to get their calls at some point, too. Um, yeah, like they right will. There. You know, I mean, especially they're going to keep mm-hmm. trying to go inside with Bam. You're going to keep trying to get Meeks in foul trouble. You get Meeks in foul trouble, uh, you know, this this can really turn on North Carolina quick because then they, they kind of got to go small ball. Uh, so, you know, just keep going inside with Bam. Let Fox do his thing. I don't think Monk's going to get his shots uh, what is that? today. I don't... That's not a shooting foul? That's not a shooting foul? My God. I don't think the foul was on the shot, though. That has to be a three-point play, then. Yeah, they're, not gonna the let foul, they're, they're, they're calling the foul on Briscoe because Willis wasn't touched. Look at that. Pinson's already got two fouls. We're, 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 we're three minutes in. Pinson's got two fouls. That's an issue for North Carolina. He's somebody that's been very important to them all season. Uh, nice yeah, tip in by Bam. Oh, wait. Wait. There's, yep. There's four free. That was not – he did not tip it on the glass. That's such bullshit, man. I mean, another – There's still four on the free throws not shot by Kentucky. Nope, it's not right there. still on the rim. Not, nope. No, it wasn't. It was, Look, I'm watching it. Was, it. The ball was it off the rim. It's not in the it cylinder. Was, no, Jonathan, go back and look at that. Come on, I do this for a living, man. I mean, that's the, that was not offensive goaltending. I'm sorry. That, that's just watching it. The it's ball, the cylinder. Look, they're showing it again. I know. I, I'm just technically – you, you and I both agree that it shouldn't have been called. But technically it was on the rim. The fouls are – I mean, the refs are just going to be trashed today. At least we know ahead of time that the refs are going to be complete garbage. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be for both sides, too, but they are garbage. I mean, Kentucky had four free throws. They didn't get to shoot right there, but they were shooting twice on on fouls. But, my God, these guys are suck. I'd love to be a coach in one of these games. These guys would not make it out, I'm telling you. 
If I was a fan of the like, game, I'd take an apple. I'd take an apple and throw it line drive at the referee's head until I hit him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's it looks what, like Willis has got a mid-range game going. That's uh, that's going to be important. Um, you know, in all reality, Kentucky's got a space and let Bam really be the only one who's inside. Well, they'll call a foul in a minute. See, they'll probably call Briscoe for a foul right there. So, yeah, we just wanted to talk today a few minutes about some basketball. It's uh, 11-7 Carolina, but I just don't like seeing, as an official, and I played and coached too, I, I cannot stand a bad official. They shouldn't even be out there. I don't know how they get the call. Maybe the world's just so bad. I mean, they're just so full of bad referees that they just let them call. I don't know. They have to call, but that's terrible. That's just to let these officials call 100 fouls a game and not let these kids play. They make it to the Elite Eight for a reason, you know? I mean, and and, and another thing, they should have reviewed that, that goaltending right there, and they could have seen that it wasn't on the rim, actually. It's already coming out, and it wasn't even touching the rim when he touched it, from what I saw, and, and maybe I'm wrong. But they ought to be able to review stuff like that because that's a call, Jonathan. You, it's hard to make live, you know, when you're looking at it like that. But if you go to the monitor and see that, then you could you could get it right, I think. But that's a tough call to make live when you're in a game. Well, speaking of reviews, I mean, you know, because you, you and I both have I've seen this. Um, the review process takes way too long in, in, in any sport. It's taken way too long. And I feel that a review, there's already some somebody upstairs who has seen this. They've called down and like, wait a minute, we need to look at this. And I feel if you can't make a decision on a review within a minute, now, not factoring in the time, you know, we need to figure out where the clock is, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. If you need a couple extras, figure that out, whatever. But I'm talking about at a basic review, was it on the rim or not? Did he fumble it or not? Uh, you know, was it, was it you know, was he out at second or not, uh, you know, in baseball? I think a review needs to be about a minute. And, and, and within a minute, if you cannot decide whether or not you, the call needs to be changed, it should stay in the field. Whatever it was on the field should stay. A five-minute review is ridiculous. They need to speed up the review process because people want an instant replay. They want the reviews because you want to get it right. But if it takes you five minutes and it's a five-minute timeout in the game and all the momentum and everything is thrown out, okay, well, then what was the point? I'd rather give up the two points yeah. then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. I mean, they can kill momentum. I mean, stuff like that can just kill a team. I mean, you got you know how basketball is. I mean, even any sport, but especially basketball, you get on a 6-0 run real quick and you're starting to feel it, and all of a sudden you go to the monitor for five minutes. I mean, it's, you kill it. So I'd like to see, you know, what happens in this game with the officials. But I guarantee you this, you may see two technical fouls in this game from both sides. You may get Calipari and Williams getting a T in this game because both of them can't be happy right now watching what they're seeing. <laughs> I, I I think when you have when you have bad officiating on both sides, what I would love to see is both coaches go after the ref at the same time. Go ahead and call text on both of them. Go 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 ahead and do it. I dare you. You know, um, I I think that it that is something that you know. If, Coach, if both coaches went after referees for um, for being bad and they went for it at the same time, then I think the refs would reevaluate how they're officiating a game. Yeah, I agree. 
Well, Jonathan, anything you want to hit before we get out of here tonight? We'll, uh, we'll definitely well, do a show, hopefully before the Final Four. You know, opening day is next Sunday, so if you're a baseball fan, get ready for that. It kicks off with the Yankees and the Rays. Um, you know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Braves are moving into their new stadium this year. That'll, that'll definitely be something to see. It's a young team. Um, you know, college football, you got spring games kicking off. BYU just had their spring game. You know, we got the spring practices going. Excited to to catch and see how things are going. I know we have good reports out of Florida State right now about Cam Akers, the uh, the super freshman from uh, Mississippi. Uh, you know, just I know it's college football is 150 days away, but get geared up, guys. We're about to hit a, a nice stretch here in the off season, and I think you know. We're, we're, we're going to have some things to talk about soon. Hopefully nobody's getting hurt. Hopefully nobody's getting in trouble off the field. I don't want to talk about that kind of a thing. No, uh, I want to talk about well, Notre the Dame. good story. Well, what, what, what do you think about Notre Dame and the, the bag man issue and the cheating on the test? Uh, the NCAA, from what I hear, is about to drop the hammer on Notre Dame. It's going to be a two- to four-year probation and a lot of losses uh, coming up. What do you think? I I mean that 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 is definitely something to keep an eye on. You know, uh, when you have a school like uh, like Notre Dame, who is a blue blood for reasons I don't know anymore. I really don't. I mean, on all uh, this team hasn't won a national championship since '88. They played for one in 2012, but in between that, I mean, it's just a bunch of us the eight and fours. You know, um. I I I think for Notre Dame doesn't yeah, really play affect an, them. Play an army, army, navy, air force, and marines every year. You get yeah, wins. yeah. I mean, you know, so if if you're Notre Dame and, and you're about to get hit with some probation, I, I think you need to start reevaluating a couple things. Uh, Kentucky's changed their defense to a midcourt trap. Um, so you know, I mean, Brian Kelly, it's just it's another. Mm, it's another black mark on your tenure there, and I'm interested to see uh, how that goes. Joel Berry is walking off the floor and looks like he's going back to the locker room. Not good. Carolina. That's not good. That is not good at all. Um, Pinson no, and Falcon, Berry's hurt. Hey. Yeah. Let other players step up, though. That's what great teams do is when, you know, you get desperate. But see, that should have counted right there. Now, the other ones, look at that place. That should have counted, hell. I mean, with the NBA, it would have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that what? looks like continuation to me. I'm, I'm giving them the yeah, bucket it is. one. That's, that is an and one. See, these officials, I would go out there as a coach, and I would ask to speak to the official, and I would headbutt him on purpose. I'd say it was an accident or something. You know, I would break his nose. So something to watch now that Barry's out and uh, Penson's out, you have number 30 for North Carolina. I believe his last name's White, how fitting considering, you know, he is White. Um, this is somebody <laughs> I'm not familiar with. He's either about to have the game of his life or Kentucky's going to eat him alive with um, well, just a three. and Fox. So, yeah, that was – I don't know who that is. That's number 32. I'm, wow. Okay. That's, oh, that's May. Okay. May's a good player. That's a good bench guy for North Carolina. Um, you know, but I, I'm looking at, at right now, White, 
Um, and, and I think this is something they're going to try to exploit. I imagine they're going to keep trying to rotate him off. Right now he's on Hawkins. Um, you know, so uh, this could be if Joe Barry can't come back, and that's a charge. Locking foul, really? They call oh, that my block God. Charge. Are you kidding me? They, they call, call that block. block. Are you kidding me? Well. Are you kidding me? Well, uh, 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 I'm not to say it again. They're going to say he didn't set his feet. His foot was – he didn't. He didn't. It was a good call. That was a good call. This is, you know, like, like, you know, we, we just had that moment where it's like, you know, so, sometimes, uh, you know, when you're watching a game live, it, it's hard to make a call because we both first, first looked at it and we're like, well, that's a charge all day. Uh, and, you know, then you see the replay, Fox never set his feet. I and mean, technically, by the rule, that's, that's a blocking foul. That was, uh, you know, so obviously, officiating is a little more pick. difficult than we make it out, but and eh, terrible pass. Oh, it is. Well, that's a tough. Hey, that's he's a, like the five foot part ten, of not six foot six. <laughs> so I'm gonna tell you, the toughest part for me as an official is are those blocking and charging fouls at the goal. Those are the toughest ones because they happen so fast sometimes that you just don't get a chance. You know, you don't get a chance to really look at it. It's not like in baseball you can see it hit the glove, listen for the feet, and then make the call. Basketball is just so bang bang. Sometimes you have to make a call. You have to make the call when you blow the whistle. You don't have time to sit there and think a minute about it. So it's tougher, but some of these tic-tac fouls are just – see, they just called a foul on him for that. What the, What a bunch of crap, man. That's two fouls they got cheap on the best player on the court. And Fox is going to yeah, put it on the bench. Well. Well. You know, right, and you better, have a de- you better have a deep bench if you're going to play like this because they're not going deep into shot clocks. Yeah, that's just terrible officiating, man. You come to watch the two best teams in that bracket play, one and two, and that guy just traveled, by the way, zero did. They didn't call it, of course. They don't know what a travel is in college, but. Oh, they don't know what a travel is in the pros either. No, no, they don't even know what that call is. Oh, that's a good <laughs> little mid-range jumper from the big man. Well, all right, oh, Jonathan, we'll be back on soon. I've got to get dinner for the fam, so. Oh yeah, you uh, you take care of yours. Uh, it's good to hear that little Sullivan's still doing uh, pretty well, and uh, I look forward to talking to you soon, Brian. Eh? You too, bud. Peace.